I have my good-looking older brother, Ben, that's going to be preaching today. And um, you know something about the Holy Spirit? I hear, sir. Do you have a word today for us? The Lord has a word for me and you and all of us. Take it. Thank you, brother. Love you. Thank you. Sometimes the congregation thinks that the pastor, the preacher, is uh, uh, preaching to people. The truth is that the real struggle is with the preacher himself to get to hear from God, to get to be discipled, and then he can share. So it's one hungry man sharing with some other hungry people. I know where food is found, and I can guide you. Let us share together. Thank you very much for the opportunity, my brother and people of God. I've enjoyed a couple of days here. Um, It's been a kind of a break for me, but I've had hospital appointments, and I thank you for your prayers. Everything is under control. God is in charge. So uh, nothing to worry about, because when God is in charge, even if you worry, it's for nothing. So you might as well just relax. That's where I am. Today being Pentecost Sunday, that's not part of my minutes. That's not part of my minutes. I know that I have 25, so I was just given a... <laughs> any rate, I'll add it up at the end. <laughs> but today being Pentecost, <clears throat> we must thank God that our church is named after the Holy Spirit. So it's the day of the Holy Spirit. The... Day of Pentecost is a normal festival day for the Jews. But when God chose that day to pour out his spirit, the disciples, the onlookers, and the whole world was never to be the same again up till today. The disciples were to discover that day that the distant God was no longer distant. He's now come in the spirit. Emmanuel, God with us, which Jesus had taught them, is now a reality. They could feel God. They also got to understand on that day and to today that the victory of Jesus on the cross is an eternal settlement for sin For the defeat of the devil. For the defeat of hell. And the power of sin. The evidence is clear. Their lives were changed. They within the moment of the Pentecost were a transformed people. Everyone felt it. Same feeling, same experience. So they knew the transformation and the power of God had come upon them. And from that day on, the kingdom of God is breaking through empires of the world with no weapons. And sometimes even no money. But the influence of the Holy Spirit goes all right through. What we have in the New Testament is writing the answers and explanations of what God was doing in the world with the people God inspired through the Holy Spirit. And so let me ask you, what do you need 
What's your biggest need right now? You know, I'm going to be asking these questions interspersed as I talk. Because until you really know what you need, you may meet your wants, but you'll still be in need. You will, be ne- you will never be satisfied until you know and you receive what you need. Moses was asked to lead over a half a million people from Egypt. And he head on. When he got to realize that this half a million people, each one of them have different agendas, different minds, different needs, he stopped for a while and said, Lord, if your presence does not come with me, I can't move one inch. His need, biggest need, was the presence of the Lord. That was it. Because he went on to say, Lord, if your presence does not come with us, how will people of the world know that we are a distinct nation following God? How would we find favor with you as we get along to cross several nations and encounter all the difficulties ahead of us? Your favor must come with us. Your presence must come with us. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. The disciples didn't even know what their real need was. Jesus has gone. They were living in fear there. They were all clustered in one room and and, and just waiting. Would we be killed all at once? What will happen to us? What will happen? They were worrying all the worries of the Lord until Pentecost day came, Holy Spirit came. Then they realized what they needed was Jesus himself the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is God. And once you have God, you have everything for God created the heavens and the earth and he can meet your needs. Any other need, he, he, he's, he's there. And all you have to do is ask. Let me take you through a little bit of what Jesus said, as John recorded, of what the work of the Holy Spirit is. And in verse 15, he says, if you love me. Bishop Quick said, there's no other factory where this kind of agape love is to be found except in the factory of Jesus. Love is the cure to the innermost issues of human desires. Love amazing, love divine demands my soul and my all. This kind of love which sent Jesus to the cross to die for a sinner like me, to even bother about me. Paul said, while we were yet sinners, we had not even walked in righteousness, for even our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. Yet Jesus was that concerned to go for a sinner who didn't care about him and rescue him. Jesus died and paid the price that I couldn't pay. I can never pay. It was love that sent Jesus. 
And when you receive him, he pours that love, sheds it abroad into your heart so that as you walk around in office, at work, at leisure, anywhere you, around you, the fragrance of the love of Jesus is left behind. And people are saying, what happened to this guy? What happened to that lady? That is what the love of Jesus does. The love of Jesus also helps you to understand his word. The scriptures is a love letter. Only those who are in love with God know about the love that's contained in. Only love can explain to you how to read the scriptures. When I was being discipled to read the scriptures, I used to find the words so difficult, some of the names I can't pronounce and I get tired. But as the spirit of the Lord came into my heart, and I realized that this is my daily food. This is my bread. If I don't hear God, I'll be in trouble. I wouldn't know his ways. And if he doesn't speak to me, I will also be in trouble. So it becomes my love letter for every day. I must read the scriptures. And brethren, believe me, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And only he's in his love and in spirit will he explain those difficult portions for you. And there are difficult portions. But the word in love. Secondly, Jesus says, I will send the spirit and what will he do? He's going to, he's your helper. I will send you a helper. In our modern world, we don't need any help. I remember in a western country that will remain nameless, I, I mean, I was always brought up to be polite because it's a Christian thing to do. Is the, the Christians are polite people. And a lady was coming in the door, and I went ahead of her. So when I realized she was when I opened the door to her, and she looked at me and said, excuse me. So I quickly released the door, and she opened it by herself and walked in. The world nowadays, strange place to live in. <laughs> but believe me, we all need help. We all need help. Even if we don't now, we will need it tomorrow, perhaps this evening. We all need help. And Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is the helper. Imagine God, the Holy Spirit, there to help you when nobody can. Just think about that. But I love the, the next thing Jesus says. He says, the Holy Spirit... I will not leave you as orphans. I remember one of the days, many years back, Gloria woke me up in the middle of the night. And honestly, I don't know why women do that. They wake you up. And usually with a very silly question, she punches me and says, are you asleep? <laughs> you already woke me up. And you say, am I asleep? <laughs> the last time she did that was uh, about a month ago. She did. Are you asleep? I said, yes, I am asleep. <laughs> Why'd you wake me at night? And she woke me up on a serious issue. I, don't, I think women ruminate over issues, serious issues. Women have that gift. And then they wake you up <laughs> to share with you their burdens. And she said, Ben, what does an orphan need? I said, an orphan? An orphan needs clothes, food, shelter, and security. She said, wrong. You knew I was wrong. Why did you ask me? <laughs> so I said, so what is the answer? She said, what an orphan needs is a father and a mother. You know, thinking about it, she was right. Although that was a mistake to, for me to answer you're right. 
because that was the beginning of bringing <laughs> 12 children. <laughs> she said, I said, Gloria, she said, they need a father and a mother. You're the father and their mother. She keeps bringing them in and bringing them in. Jesus says to you and me right now, I, Jesus says, will not leave you as orphans, people abandoned, people overtaken by circumstances of life that no one can help. Jesus says, I can help you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will be with you. Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit at work in your heart draws you with love and fills your heart with love of God to be your helper, to keep the commandments of God so that now you can keep the commandments of God not out of drudgery and fear of terror, but out of love, doing it lovingly. You know how you do things with someone you love. You, he says, come here, and you say, yes, here am I. Say, go there. He says, I'm gone. You know, with love, Jesus, now in your heart, he will help you to know the truth. In a world full of deceit and falsehood and evil, Jesus says, you will now know the truth. I will help you to know the truth. In a world of deceit, advertisements, all over, trying to get your attention. Jesus says, out of all of these, if your Holy Spirit with you, he will help you to know which one is right. Mm, not now, wait a little bit and so on. He will guide you into all truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot follow Jesus and miss your way. You will never miss your way. If you follow Jesus, you will always know the truth. And there you will find fullness of life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. What is your need? Acts of the Apostle Paul tells us the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, in Acts 2, the believers were together. The Holy Spirit brings people together into families. We don't know each other from Adam but the blood of Jesus draws us together. The Holy Spirit draws us together. And we come together and we're praying for the needs of the world and our own. We carry one another's burdens. A year ago, I was to come your way. And I did. I arrived in October. You don't know my mother or father. I don't know you. Why should I trust you? I came here and I was looked after. And I can now stand and speak to you as brothers and sisters. This is a practice of what heaven will look like. I will be looking out for each other. Hey, quick. Hey, James. Hey, Philip. That's what the Holy Spirit does, but it begins now. Can we start practicing that now in church? Caring for one another, coming for prayers together. Come on, study the Bible, the word of God, and love God and love his word and love doing his will effortlessly because the Holy Spirit is our helper. But the Holy Spirit is invisible. Looking, writing about the events there, he says the Holy Spirit comes like a wind. 
You don't know where it's coming. You don't know where it's going. But it's blowing. And Jesus told Nicodemus that. He said, you don't know the spirit, where it's coming, where it's going. But he is active and present, even here and now. Look further on, goes on to tell us the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples like fire. Kindling a zeal inside of them, they found where they were sitting all clustered together out of fear. Suddenly their courage came out and they were moved inside of them. They couldn't hold it again. They couldn't sit down. Something was walking inside of them and they had to just go out and started talking. And people said, are they drunk? Like fire. When fire catches, two things must occur. The firefighters will immediately come. And spectators also will gather. Hey, fire, who can help? But in this case, the firefighters came and the crowds gathered. And the spirit hit them. The fire hit them also. They went back transformed. They also caught fires. And those who were caught by the fire from all the nationalities are mentioned. They themselves, spectators, also caught the fire and they were asking, so what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And Peter had to stand up to explain what it mean, meant. Peter says that this is a fulfillment of prophecy. And that is why as children of God, we need to read the whole of scriptures as entertainment. Just enjoy reading scriptures. You find characters like me who are just stupid. I mean, God gives you the answers and the questions and yet you fail. I can't, but that's me. The questions are there. The answers are there on the same page. And yet you fail. There are people like me. There are some clever people like Solomon. And yet they failed. There are all kinds of characters in the Bible for you to enjoy reading. But there are also some promises you must never miss. There are promises in the Bible. Please don't miss it. It's yours if you do not get there to take from your box of gift of promises, it will still be there unused till you die. Don't miss it. Please get into the Bible and find it. So Peter explains that this is God fulfilling his promise. He explains that the spirit of the Lord, the person of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit is yours. What do you need? God revealed in Christ through the Holy Spirit. I mean, God with me. God with you. That's what you need. More than anything else in life, Peter says, because the spirit is going to fulfill God's promises in your life. And the Spirit is given to men, women, sons and daughters, old and young, servants and slaves. All will receive prophecies and visions and dreams to fulfill God's purposes for their lives. Do you want to miss that? 
What do you need? If it's finding a wife, he will guide you. If it's finding a job, he will guide you to the right job. And you'll be satisfied. If it's finding a house, if it's fulfilling a vision you have, or a dream you have, submit it all to him. That's all you need. Let God be there with you in the spirit and you will lose nothing. You lose nothing. In this life, we gain nothing. Anything we gather here, we're going to leave it behind. So when we give it up, we lose nothing, but we gain it all because he will guide us. You know what? One of the things I enjoy about this gift of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Day is that in order that it be not vague, the Holy Spirit will show in your life confirming to you that not only you are a child of God, but you will bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me quickly read it to you as Paul says in Galatians. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control. How wonderful each one of us, baptized by the Holy Spirit, Continue to dwell in the infilling on a daily basis of the Holy Spirit. Because you know, we're human. We're like tires in a car. We may pick a nail along the way. And the air will go out. We need to go and take the tire back again to the vulcanizer, refill, and travel again. We're like bicycle tires. When the tire goes down, you can't do anything. You'll be angry. You need to be filled again and move on. So we daily need to exhale the bad air and inhale the good air. The spirit of God. And he has promised that if that's all we need, like Moses, his presence will walk with us through the wilderness of life, through towns and cities, defeating all the enemies in our way and putting us as his children in the forefront of righteousness and will be the display of God in all holiness. Because when this happens, recall in verse 6 of chapter 2, the number of the nations that were represented. They now went back home with a mission. Most of those ethnic nations who are represented, some of them came for business, but Pentecost changed everything. They heard and understood. They responded to the gospel as Peter preached, and they cried out, what shall we do to be saved? 3,000 were baptized that day. They received Jesus. And they went back to their nations with the story of their salvation. Their lives transformed. Everything had changed. The Holy Spirit sends them back to their families and to their nations. Same experience happened to Epaphras. 
He went for business in Ephesus. Met with Paul. Received Jesus. Went back home. His whole family changed. He not only changed his family, changed the town. Took the same gospel across the road to Laodicea, to Heriopolis. Kept going in his business, taking the gospel. And the Lord opened his mouth to speak. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Share your testimony. Tell what God has done for you. How good he has been. Not only in church, at work, at home, and anywhere. What do you need? I'd like you to bow your heads. And close your eyes to respond to God on your own. This day of Pentecost. What do you really, really need? 